What's going on out there, gang? We are back again with another episode of the Better Luck Tomorrow podcast, kicking off season two for February 24th, 2001, on this great Wednesday. Hope everybody's doing great out there and shit. Glad you tuned in to listen to this. I got some special announcements right off the bat. This podcast will be on iTunes. That's right, available on iTunes starting today. Whenever you get this, or I guess on the 24th, whatever the fuck. We're going to be on iTunes, so go download us there, check us out, and it's going to be dope, man. I think I've told you guys about this from last episode, but I'm really excited about that because I want to be everywhere. I want to fucking be everywhere, and I know a lot of people have iPhones, and it makes it so much easier. So go to the website. There's a banner up top that says, now on iTunes, just click that link, or if you're good at finding podcasts on iTunes, just type in. The Better Luck Tomorrow podcast, and I should come right up. I'm already on there right now with um the trailer or whatever. I already have a place up there, but now you'll be able to hear this episode for the first time on iTunes. And I'll be on there from now on to uh, the end of time, so go subscribe there as well. I'm super excited about that. And um, I'll be honest with you guys, all right? I keep doing this shit, and I, I'm, I'm really, really, I'm like, I'm like a fucking, I'm like a shitty dad. That brings in cake or like not even a shitty dad. It's like an uncle that stays on your couch. That just doesn't leave the house. A nigga that shouldn't be in your house, but he just lived there because he a piece of shit and he broke and he got his own kids he don't want to take care of and shit. Cause he out here doing stuff like getting bitches pregnant and doing all kind of dumb shit like that. I'm that nigga right now with this podcast. Cause I keep coming on here telling you I'm sorry for not bringing it to you on the day I was supposed to bring it to you, keeping the deadlines right. Whatever, man. But look, I didn't bring it to you Monday because some shit happened. On Monday, some serious shit happened to me. Well, not only not to me, but it it affected me. Okay, I had all intentions of bringing the shit on Monday. Like I said, I was gonna go to bed. Like I went to bed. I fucking woke up. When I woke up, I saw a story online that said Artemi Panarin has left the New York Rangers to go back home to Russia over allegations that he beat a woman ten years ago. When he was 19, and he beat up an 18-year-old girl in a hotel bar after a game that he lost. His old coach came out with these allegations against him. Now, if you don't know who Artemi Panarin is, his nickname is the Bread Man. He's probably the best Russian hockey player in the NHL right now. And he plays for my team, the New York Rangers. Our best player, hands down. No doubt about it. The glue that holds the team together as far as skill at this point. And it really depressed me. I just I just fucking read it and I said, if I ain't recording shit, I'm going back to sleep. Fuck this. I'm going to act like I ain't read this shit. I can't take it. And then Rangers Twitter is so fucking full of bullshit. Such a sewage of garbage. I, I, I fucking couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't muster up the mental energy. I wanted to kill myself, to be honest with you. I wanted to kill myself. I really, I really considered it, but I said, let me not do that shit. Let me just go back to sleep. I know this is real. I know this is not a fucking nightmare because I woke up with an alarm ready to do I was going to get up, get some coffee, and just record this podcast. I said, fuck it. I don't want to. I said, fuck it. Fuck it. I didn't cry, but damn it, I'm tearing up now just thinking about it because it's bringing me back to that moment, man. <sighs> and it just really fucked me up. And I tried to go back to sleep. I didn't go. I wasn't able to go to sleep, but I stayed on Twitter reading about what the fuck happened. They running the smear campaign on him and shit. 
You know, Russia's like he spoke out against about Vladimir Putin is what he did. He didn't even get on his ass. He just said a lot of people around Vladimir Putin are t- is telling them that he's the shit when when nobody's perfect. There's some things he could do to be better. And the guy that he has locked up that spoke out against him, I support that guy. Some defector in Russia. They poisoned this nigga. Okay, he had to go to the German hospital to get fixed. He came back to Russia, and they locked him up. No telling when he's going to get out. All for talking shit about Putin. I think he's trying to run against him or whatever. The bottom line is, niggas don't play games in Russia. Okay? And that's where our Timmy Panarin's from. He's, um, like I said, the biggest Russian superstar hockey player in, on the globe right now. So his words mean they, they hold a lot of water. So when Putin hears this shit... He has a lot of loyalists out there, and one of his loyalists is Artemi Panarin's old KHL coach. The KHL is the Russian NHL. Put it like that. A lot of guys that are in are the are in the NHL. They come over from the KHL. It's like a farm league in in some sense. But anyway, when he was 19, he was on that team. I think he's like 25, six now, some shit like that. He was on that team in the KHL. His coach is a big loyalist of Vladimir Putin. And he came out with this story on Monday that said or Timmy Panarin beat up some girl when he was eighteen years old at nineteen years old and she was eighteen. The story is bullshit. It's not true. People have already discredited this man. People have already discredited this story. People from the hotel have discredited this story. People from his old teammates has discredited this story. But he has to leave America to go to Russia to maybe safeguard his family. Because, like I said, the Russians don't fucking play games. They out here poisoning people. They kidnapping motherfuckers. It's a whole different world over that bitch. Okay? So, I get it. You know, fuck the Rangers. You know, shit. You ain't gonna be playing like shit if if they got your family like in an ISIS goddamn hostage video. So, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Hopefully, everything works out for Artemi Panarin. This is some bullshit. I hope some of these Russian guys that are big names out here, like Evgeny Malkin in the NHL, I hope he stands up and says, yo, man, don't fuck my man up. Ovechkin's cool with Putin and shit. You know, I hope he goes out there and be like, yo, man, just, let's let this shit slide, dude. He's, you know, in hindsight, he probably sitting and said the shit. But, I mean, look, you, you get over here. He was basically saying people, he's basically saying elderly people shouldn't be having the bag in Russia after retirement. And, you know, Russia's a little fucked up. Who's who's kidding who? It's a dystopia over on that motherfucker. Okay? It's, it's not good. It's not good for everybody. If you're poor, nigga, you're poor. And if you're rich, you're balling. And the gap is huge. And, you know, he, he's in New York, man. He's seeing the gays have fun, living a life. You can't do that in Russia. You can't be gay and live a life in Russia. It's not happening. He's seeing people getting this money, including himself, you know. He he wants that for his people, too. And maybe he can get it. But, man, you really, you really, you really got to, you really got to respect the man for putting on for his city. But, damn, he's risking a lot by doing that shit. But, like I said, there's a whole different world over there. I don't know that world. I just know of it. And I hope he makes it out unscathed. But shit, fucking with these Russians, you never know. So, luck, to, good luck to him. 
Good luck to the New York Rangers. But most importantly, man, I hope this guy gets his family straight. I hope this shit. I hope he can make some kind of recti- rectify this situation without it getting out of control. Because, like I said, these niggas is not playing games in Russia, overseas and shit. And the story is bullshit. Okay, they're trying to say he knocked this girl out. That never happened. So what I'm gonna do? Well, well yeah, I'm gonna do it because look, before I, I look. Even if he did do it, okay. Even if he did do it, n- there's only one knockout. There's only two knockouts that I know of that are great, and it's Ray Rice and it's um, the bus driver. As far as putting your hands on a woman, those are the the top two. All right. So right now I'm playing the Ray Rice video. I'm gonna play it, and I'm just gonna go play by play with this because this was a knockout that ruined the man's career. Oh man, this this is really fucked up. So he's in the elevator with her now. The elevator's closing, and she she kind of pushed him off of him, and he just hits her with the left. Bam, she goes down. Now this like she looked like she's fucking dead when he hits her with this left. This is all on camera. Everybody knows this story, and she is fucking out ventriloquist. He's picking her up, trying to <laughs> trying to drag her out and shit. This was bad. This was so fucked up. This is so fucked up. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna do this, man. I'm gonna cut it out. This nigga dragging this. <laughs> he dragging her and shit. She's out, just lifeless, dude. What's going through this guy's head right now? He's picking up her slipper off her foot. He's kind of just like, oh man, she's just done. She's done, dude. Oh man, damn, he fucking, he fucked up, man. And you know that's his fiance, so. You know that's not the first time he. This can't be the first time he hit her because if he if it is the if it was the first time he hit her, he should have known better. That you know because it's really you really can't blame him one hundred percent for knocking her out. You gotta gotta put some blame on the woman too because if she could take a punch, it never would have happened. If he would have just like kind of hit her a little bit, you know what I mean, like just a little bit, and she was able to still hit back, then I don't think he would have lost his fucking job. But the way she went down, the lifeless body. I mean, shit. Fuck a ten count. You can get a gate. I think I counted up eighty when I gave her the count. That's when she got up at eighty. So yeah, he fucked up. He fucked up big time, and he really did that shit. So whatever happens to the, whatever happened to him happened to him, and it was what it was. Artemi Panarin didn't do this shit, but he's not going back over to Russia to clear his name on some on some bullshit story. He's going down there to get his family, and make sure they're straight. So good luck to him. Um, I guess shout out to Ray Rice. Uh, man, damn man, why would he do that shit? He really fucked that up. He really fucked that up. That was just damn. I'm just glad I'm not that nigga, man. Lose all that money and shit. I'm just oh man. Uh, look, man. If you look, man, just don't put your hands on no fucking woman. It ain't never gonna end up good. Just don't do it. I mean, even though I've said crazy things on this podcast, like the things I would have done if I would have been in that situation, you never know till you're there. I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't mean to wipe, knock his wife out. I mean, I'm, she can't take a fucking punch. I don't know why he even tried to do it, but you should have known better than that. But regardless, if you ever get into it with your girlfriend or just any woman in general, don't put your hands on her, man. If you're on camera, don't do it. If you're on camera, definitely don't do it. But you're always, always going to be on camera, but just don't fucking do it. It's never going to end up good. It's never going to end up good, man. Damn. Anyway, man, moving on. Moving on. Good luck to Artemi Panarin. Hope you get back on the Rangers soon because we need you, goddammit.
We need you. Season's over. All right, we wrap this shit up right now. The season's over. All right, it's all fucked up right now. So whatever. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about something that that brought me back, man. I've been meeting a lot of people. Uh, some of my family, some people at work, just just people, people who gamble. And I'm running, running into them and having a really good situation where they remind me of myself when I started gambling uh, online, doing sports wagers. And just the excitement that these guys have about placing bets and putting things down the line is just really incredible. It gets me really hyped just to, just to see the fire in these guys' eyes, just the desire to win, the fun that they're having, the emotion that they bring to the table when they're talking about gambling, going just talking a mile a minute, saying we play every night. Uh, you know, I remember doing that when I first started. And um, there's something about those first three to four years. Definitely the first three, and then the fourth is kind of like a teeter off. But those first three years, man, of sports gambling is just the funnest time you will ever have doing this shit. Because you're coming in totally green, you don't know shit, and everything's a risk. And you're going off of instincts, and when it hits, it just makes... It it just makes it just makes you feel so good when you win. It's not really about the amount of money you put down as much as the feeling of winning and gambling and having fun. It's like your own personal game, and you love it. You you thrive for it. You live for it. Nothing else matters. Your relationships and all that other shit, work, school, whatever you're doing at the time, outside of gambling, really doesn't fucking matter. You really don't care. People might tell you you're, you're you're spending a lot of money, you're wasting a lot of time, you don't know what you're doing, you're not good at it, and you just started. You're not hearing any of that shit because you're in your own world gambling. You're trying to fucking win big, and it is this is the time of your life. It's like a fucking roller coaster. So I applaud everybody that's out there for these first time gamblers doing your thing and going for it. You know, I, like I said in the last episode. You can't at this point. You can't stop if you wanted to, because this shit is just too fun. All right, especially these first three years. But that's one reason about this podcast, because I remember my first three years. They were fucking just uh, the first year was crazy, man. The first year, I just I'm just that was like 2015. So I'm kind of just starting to learn the game of hockey. I know some of the main players, but nothing nothing too crazy. I know, I know a little bit about the game. And, you know, I'm winning here and there or whatever. But I just pretty much rode my team. And and I, I, had, I had, compared to what I know now, dude. But I used to listen to the games in lot, a lot and shit. So I picked up pretty quick on just, like, the basics. The second year, I was off to the races with the hockey. And the third year, I got so good that... But I wasn't going to say... I'm not going to say that I got good. Because I pretty much just stuck with the Sharks. You know, continuously. Ever since they played the Penguins in that Stanley Cup, I just kept riding with the Sharks, riding with the Sharks, because that was that was a team to go with for me personally. So, um, that third year though, 
I took Vegas to win it all. I've talked about this before. And I had $80,000 I could have won, and they lost in the Stanley Cup. They made it all the way to the Stanley Cup, and they fucking lost. And it broke my heart. It really depressed me. And that was the third year. And I didn't gamble like I used to after that, because I really... It hit me hard because, you know, I almost had 80 grand. And who knows? If I had to get 80 grand, I mean, I was probably, in my head, I was thinking, like, I'm going to win this shit. I'm going to put down some money to buy a house and all kind of shit. I had all kind of shit I was said I was going to do. But I was doing drugs, drinking at the time. Who the fuck knows? I'd probably, you know, I definitely would have been on, <laughs> dude, coke, oh, all that shit, man. I don't do that anymore. Thank fucking God. Now I got my head on straight. But back then, I ain't know it. I ain't. I did not need eighty fucking grand. I probably would have gambled a lot of that shit too. Just, <laughs> oh man, for sure I'd have gambled a lot of that shit. Eighty grand? Are you fucking kidding me? I'd have went straight to Vegas. Fuck a house. Fuck a car. Fuck all that dumb shit. I went straight to Vegas, and I don't know if I would have made it back. I'd have went on some Dave Ramsey shit. All right. So anyway, the point I'm trying to make is. Those first three years were fun. They were great. And then when that fourth year hit and I lost, or I didn't, I didn't, I didn't win. Basically, um, I started to reevaluate some things with gambling and sports wagering and shit. I figured there's something I got this close to hitting it big off of off of a pure guess, pure luck, pure instinct, just. You know, after that guy shot up Vegas and shit, I figured they were going to have a rally and win for the town. And and they were an expansion team. So the odds for them to win this shit was crazy. And when they made it, but it was was just a fucking fluke guess. I had no idea they were going to Stanley Cup. I didn't really fucking know who was on that team besides Marc-Andre Fleury. And that's, that's the truth of the matter. And I really was just riding on one man. So... The goalie, by the way. So, anyway, I started to reevaluate a lot after that loss, and um, I started to make a game plan, man. And that's what this episode is really all about in the in the grand scheme of things. That's why I called that shit this shit um, preparations to make your own reparations. All right, it's kind of like a um. You know how the black Muslims always say that shit. You got to stop begging the white man for money and make reparations for yourself. I don't know if you ever heard that shit before, the rhetoric, but um, it's pretty much it. You got to stop. You got to stop feeling sorry for yourself, taking these handouts and all this bullshit and this and that. Look, the, take the money I give you, though, because I got a fucking look. I got eight fucking accounts I'm going to give away next month. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about it in general. You got to quit crying and feeling sorry for yourself waiting for this next thing to come. You got to plan and make your own. Do for yourself. So you'll be successful in life. I can't do that. I can't do the black Muslim. Um, I can't fucking do it right now. I can't do the, um, what, what do you call that? The impression. I can't do it. I'm usually pretty good at it, but right now I don't have it in me. Cause I want to I wanna be serious about this shit. You got to stay prepared, man. So, last, and th- th- that's the whole reason I even brought up that last part was because ever since I lost that game, which was the fourth year I was gambling in the, over the grand scheme of this, I started to make preparations for the next time I would be in a position to where I was going to score big, like an $80,000 win. So, this time, 
when the opportunity presents itself, I have already have done all the preparation work. That's all out of the way. And looking back, I never prepped for any of these fucking games in the first three years that I did this shit. I didn't really look at the IR list. Fuck, I wasn't even looking at... Nah, I can't say I wasn't looking at the goalie list. But for the first two years, I weren't looking at who's starting the goalie. I didn't give a fuck. I just was like the Sharks. You know? I didn't really know the game like that then. You know? So... And I got fucked on a goalie one time, too. Uh, Like I told you, Malcolm Subban. So, now I know. Now I'm preparing myself in the fourth year, and I was making a lot of different arrangements to make shit happen. So, from the last episode, I told you about the risk-win-take system that I used. And I'm not trying to overhype it. I'm not trying to say it's the best system ever. It's just kind of a game plan that I do every matchup I take. And if you want to check it out, you can go to my website, theBLTP.com. And you just scroll all the way down to the bottom of the screen and click the blog. I'm going to start posting notes from every episode. Like, I already have the ones up from this episode right now. But if you look at the, um, the notes from episode 14, you could... I got it all there. That's that's the um, that's what I use. That's the system I use for every bet that I take And I just stay prepared, man, when you do this. And you should really be prepared for anything. You always got to keep your game tight. You always have to stay prepared with this. Because, look, it's like I said, man. You might get... Okay, let me give you an example. Um, Coming here on April 5th, I'm going to have $6,000 for sure. I already know I'm going to have this money. Because it's, it's being it's, it's being it's being processed now. So when the when April fifth hits, I'm gonna have six thousand dollars. I've already planned what I'm gonna do with the money, and as soon as I get it, all that money is already gonna be placed where it needs to be placed for me to do what I need to do with it. Okay, I've already made the preparations for the money. So it's not like I'm gonna get the money, then I'm gonna make plans for it. It's already planned out. So now all I have to do is put in the work for what. I'm going to be putting the money towards. All I got to do is do the work now. I don't have to prepare to do the work because everything's already prepared. I can just hit the ground running. It's the same mentality you want to use for the rest of the shit in your life. I don't give a fuck if it's cooking food. You know, you might hop in the refrigerator, but I want to make something real quick. You know, you might have to make vegetables or some shit. You got to cut all the vegetables. No, cut all the vegetables, put them somewhere, store them, and then this use them whenever you need to do it or this is a shitty example let me give one um like if you go on vacation let's say that let's say you're going on vacation and you know you have a certain date to go on vacation are you gonna you should prepare let's say you got a vacation july 4th weekend or some shit are you even better yeah mardi gras a whole year away just start preparing now all right you're gonna have the money for it next week it's not to next February, next year or some shit. If you start preparing for it now, you get the hotel you want to get at or go to. You get the airline tickets you want to fly. You do all this shit before you even get there. So when you get there, all you got to do is enjoy your vacation. I mean, I'm talking about all the way down to the clothes you're going to wear and all that shit. You know, and, and everything you can do. And you, you get there, you can enjoy your vacation. You're not doing shit on the fly. Never do anything on the fly. 
on the fly is bullshit. You always want to stay prepared. So, I don't want to beat you over the fucking head with that bullshit too much, but I just really want to put that out there. Staying prepared is definitely something that you want to do, no matter what you're doing at all times. Preparation is key. And the reason I can... And the reason I'm even bringing this up is because I saw this doc, Emmerich, uh, documentary on uh, NBC Sports, and it was the shit. It's called The Voice of Hockey. Doc Emmerich is the greatest announcer, greatest sports broadcaster, period. And I mean every sport. And I haven't heard them all, but goddammit, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think anybody's better than this guy. Okay, he used to do all the hockey games. He's on a couple of NHL video games. Uh, I think he's on a lot of them. But I know for sure he's on 15, I know he's on 16, and I know he's on 17. He's probably on some ones before that too, but you have to watch the documentary. You have to see this guy work. His shit was amazing. I mean, just the, and he, but he prepared a lot of his shit. He prepared like a motherfucker before he got on that mic over the air. And I think that's the name of the game. I think that's the, the key to success is the preparation you put in before you actually get ready to put something into work. So. That's where I really got this preparation shit from, or the idea for this podcast episode was the Doc Emmerich documentary. Definitely check that out if you're a hockey fan. If you're just a sports fan, check it out. If you're new to hockey and you want to, you know, get a little bit more understanding of the game and one of the big, the big monumental people of this of this thing, definitely check out this documentary. It's called The Voice of Hockey. It's on NBC Sports, and you're gonna love it. There's no way you can't like it. It's amazing. Doc Emmerich's amazing, and uh, I'm glad he retired. But I do miss him. I do miss him, man. I do miss him here in the games. I I was lucky enough to catch him right as he was on his way out. I was lucky to get a good. I'm not gonna say five years, fifteen, sixteen. I skipped a year that one time. But I've been listening. I've been watching hockey like since 2012, on and off. But yeah, I, I caught him. I've, I've caught him on his way out. Put it like that. So yeah, he he was fucking great. He was great. And uh, another documentary that's dope out there was the Patrice O'Neill documentary. I don't know if you guys are big comedy fans. Uh, guy's a legend. This documentary was a shit. I caught the end of it. I can't say I actually watched the whole documentary, but from the last 10 minutes I saw, because I fucking forgot it was on TV, like a dumbass, didn't set an alarm, but whatever. The shit was great. I definitely want to see the whole thing. I'm definitely going to go back and rewatch the whole thing, but definitely check out the Patrice O'Neill documentary. Because when they get to the part where he's filming his special elephant in the room, I can still remember bits from that shit. That, I, I, like, okay, for example, I'm working, at this one point in my life, I'm working at Kroger Groceries in the middle of the night stocking shelves. And this and this fucking, this, this white girl comes in, she's young, she's, like, I think she might have been, like, fucking 18 or maybe 20, college student. Nice ass, nice city. This, this girl was hot as shit. So she comes in kind of wasted with this dude, and the dude he he wasn't he wasn't like a kind of like um he kind of looked like a square. He kind of looked yeah like a square, but he looked like he was about to catch a rape charge for sure. Like one not like um not like a violent rape charge, but kind of like a Bill Cosby one where you where you fuck a girl when she's unconscious or not in their right mind type of shit. Some date rape creep bag some creep bag shit. Anyway, she wants to use the phone because her phone's dead. She wants to use the store phone. And um, 
I said, all right, cool. You could use it. To, she wants to call a cab for something to get home or some shit. I don't know. But she was like, hey, I'm with this guy. I was at the bar with him. Do you think I should go home with him? Like, you think it'd be cool? My friends don't know where I'm at. My phone's dead and all that shit. I said, no, nah. What you're going to do is you're going to grab this phone that I'm about to put you on. You're going to call a cab to your house. You're going to call your parents and let them know what situation you're in. And you're going to call your friends, too. And let them know where you're at and what your what your game plan is. Because right now you're on camera with me. And I don't want to be the last person that talks to you before you go home with this motherfucker right here. And you disappear forever. And she was like, you really think that might happen? I'm just like, yeah. If you go home with this guy, this nigga's going to kill, rape you, and they're never going to be seen again. But I don't want to be the last motherfucker you talking to on camera before that shit happens. Because it's going to look bad on me. So call everybody you know. Tell them that. Yeah, Kroger, you talked to the black dude there, his name is Parker, he's getting you some shit together for you to get home safely, and you're going to go to bed in your bed tonight, and you're gonna just going to leave this guy, forget this fucking guy, alright, we're going to get your cab out of here, she was like, word, word, and she basically was hanging around with me the whole night until this cab came, and shit, because it t- fucking took forever, I'm stocking shelves, and she's just like talking, talking, and just being really nice, being really sweet, but... I got that fucking, the, the whole reason that even came up was because that Patrice O'Neill documentary where he had that joke about the Pepsi Cola rapist, uh, he keeps receipts, <laughs> and uh, he never throws Pepsi cans in bushes, he, ta- he takes his trash with him, because if he throws a Pepsi can somewhere and it lands on some dead white woman, now he's the Pepsi Cola rapist because of DNA or some shit, it was a great bit, and uh, it always stuck with me, and it pertained to my real life because... I don't want to have a fucking Netflix documentary about my black ass talking about I was wrongly accused 42 years later or some shit, you know? Damn, I want to do that. Every time I watch one of those, I'm like, that could have been, that could that can be you still, motherfucker. That can still happen to you. You know? Shit's real, man. So I don't I don't want that. Fuck that. And that it's, yeah, shout out to Patrice O'Neill. Maybe one, maybe one of the greatest comedians, if not the greatest of all time. He's up there. He's up there, man. So, yeah, fuck with that. Patrice O'Neill documentary. I can't remember the name of it, but it's on ComedyCentral.com for sure. You need to go fuck with that. All right, and uh, last but least, before we kick off this episode, I want to talk about something that's really... Something I got to really speak on, man. So, I, I logged into my old Instagram account by accident and i didn't even know i still had this fucking thing i forgot all about it but i log back in i'm going through some of these pages and i see this one girl this super hot ass suicide looking girl that i knew from back in the day and i noticed she has an only fans now and i'm just like damn that girl was hot she said she's got an only fans and a lot of people too like so many girls that i know have it but i never expected this girl to have it so i'm looking at you know some of the stuff she's doing on there because I'm, I'm like i'm part excited and i'm part like kind of kind of in shock to be honest with you and I, I look at some of these posts and she's talking about slurping sperm and spitting it in the girlfriend's mouth and that's oh, just just really raw porno shit that i did not expect from somebody that i knew would know in my regular life which is cool do you make your content and i was um going i had to subscribe it's $10. I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm subscribing to this. I got to see it. I got to see it. I've always thought this girl was hot. I got to see her in action, which that was a mistake. 
because I'm, I've just, I just, I'm not trying to shame nobody here, but look, I thought she was hot until I saw the content and it was just fucking trash. It was so bad. First of all, way out of shape to be doing porn. If you're going to, let me make something clear, man. If you're going to shoot a porno movie, you need to be in shape. I mean, at least try, goddammit. Don't show up fat. You, you can't show up fat to a porn mo- porno movie. It don't work like that. Because you got... It's just, I mean, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. But in reality, you should never show up fat to a porno movie. There's a couple of things you could show up fat to. Porno movie can't be one of them. You got to be in some type of shape. Now, damn it, that's just the, 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 this is the bottom line. What the fuck are we doing here? Have we have we gone so far to not fat shame people or slut shame people that we just letting them show up like slobs, and it's okay? And I get it. I paid. I'm the one that paid ten dollars. I'm the one that fucked up. I shouldn't complain. I know what I was gonna get, but I just I couldn't believe people are really fucking do. I mean, we're talking about totally out of shape here. They're like Donald Trump naked out of shape. Not good. I'm, I'm like on both sides. <laughs> Her sides and the, and the oh, everybody was out of shape. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was completely disgusted. Completely disgusted. You know, so I'm not going to just shit on people. I'm not going to slut shame. I'm not slut shaming right now. If anything, I'm fat shaming. Okay? I'm just going to say this. Instead of being a part of the problem and talking shit about it, I got to be part of the solution, man. So I'm going to make it my own OnlyFans. That's right. I'm going to start doing my own porno, making my own content. And I'm going to be in tip-top shape when I do. And it'll probably take me about four to eight weeks, which is good. It'll give me some time to get my shit together, run around the block a couple of times. Some little shit, some simple shit. And I'm going to show motherfuckers how it's really done. Okay, because this can't be. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting OnlyFans, or you know somebody that has one, and they're out of shape. Talk to them niggas, man. Sit down and have a conversation with them. Like, you cannot show up to this shit looking like this. Because let me tell you something, man. I get it. You're hot. You're young. You're sexy. You want to show your body off. You want to make your own porno content. I, I understand. You're not going to have youth like this forever. But do not timestamp this <laughs> in any unattractive manner whatsoever. Or any unattractive manner whatsoever. Because um, people ain't going to forget about this shit. They're gonna be, people are going to look back like, oh yeah, remember you did that little porno thing and it was cool. Like, and then this shit show like, damn, you was like way out of shape. And it, you can't do that like... <sighs> I'm just gonna fuck it. I'm not even gonna go there. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna show motherfuckers how it's done. So be on the lookout for my onlyfans.com and um and it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. It's gonna be uh complete debauchery. I'm not making an OnlyFans, but look, just fucking get in shape, people. Like, don't just be showing up to shit like this. All out of shape. It's no good. You gotta prepare your body for some shit like this. Okay? It's only going to get you more money. It's only going to make you feel better. And it's only going to have 
judgmental assholes like me cheering you on rather than just shitting all over your your, your content because you're a fucking blob. You know, if you're if you're not if you if you want to be regular out of shape, that's cool. That's cool. I'm not talking about people that is living their life out of shape, whatever. Do you? But don't show up to no pornos fat. Don't do that. That's not what's up. That's not cool. You want to show up to the fucking strip club like that. So what the fuck are you showing up to a goddamn OnlyFans like that? Because it's tolerable. People tolerate it. It's, it's, come on. Why, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Damn. We're supposed to be showing up. Hey, let me fuck all that, man. We got a, we got a great episode today. We're not going to harp on this bullshit. I got some news I want to bring to you guys. A lot of NBA shit. Uh, a little bit of NBA shit. Got some games I want to talk about for sure. Upcoming games. I'm going to tell you guys who I think is going to win in the NHL. Uh, some betting trends that are happening right now. We'll scoot over to some lessons and some terms. It's very important for this one. Just like last week, I'm going to be laying down the law and the lessons and terms. Give you guys some new shit that you can check out. Some NHL stuff that make it, um, you know, up your game when you're betting on hockey. Of course, we got the parlay picks and money line mistake deals coming at you. And I'm going to top everything off with the classic old-time gambling story from yours truly. So, stay tuned for all that. And we're going to take a quick break and get right into it. Alright, we are back. And, yeah, let's start with the fucking NBA stories for the the first topic, man, because I really want to get on this shit. <sighs> I want to talk about how these refs are getting out of control. And I said it before on the second episode of this podcast on backcourt violation that the NBA refs will fuck you if they can. They just something about these motherfuckers, man. They just get on their high horse and they think they the shit and they think they could just do whatever the fuck they want to do and just say whatever the fuck they want to say. Kick niggas out the game. They don't need to be kicked out the game. They just, they just take the shit too far. Because somebody hurt their feelings. Calling them fat boy or some shit like that. Or calling them a bitch. Or, you know, making fun of their sexual orientation with a couple of words here or there that, that might hurt their feelings. The word, you know. The word that, you know, let's be honest. Black people throw this shit around all the time. We ain't talking about the N-word, goddammit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. Third graders used it in 1995 frequently. And you know, I don't think they use it anymore, but back in my day, woo, they were slinging that shit around like hotcakes, and you ain't want to be one. Because if you were one of these motherfuckers, you was getting your ass beat, for damn sure. Not me, I never got into beating people up, because, you know, they want to suck a little penis or whatever the fuck they wanted to do. But hey, you know, people did beat them up, and, you know, you'd get fucked up back then. I think in the black community, you'll still get fucked up. Then they caught that one guy with a trans, and he, um, and he, and he killed himself, because the heat was... Uh, anyway... Yeah, you know it is. Anyway, anyway, J.J. Reddick gets kicked out of the game, tossed because he hurts the ref feelings. And um, he just fucking threw the ball to the guy. He threw it sideways. He didn't He didn't throw it to hit him. I think he was just trying to throw it, and it would kind of get a spin to where he would kind of catch it. Some regular shit. The ref feels played. He throws, he throws this motherfucker out of the game. Let me tell you something about J.J. Reddick. J.J. Reddick is a vet. You know, a lot of people my age remember when J.J. Reddick was in college and he was doing this fucking thing from that three-point arc. He, he was, he's, a, he's, a, he's not somebody you want to send away on some bullshit like that. You got to have some respect for the game. I don't know if these are new refs. I don't know um, 
where they come from or what's going on with them. But I know they some hoes. They some straight bitches. They some hoes. And it's not just JJ Reddick either. They threw Yana, they, they they gave Giannis a tech or some shit for taunting somebody because he dunked on a who did he dunk on? I don't even know the fucking team they were playing. Uh, but he dunked on somebody, and he and he gave him like a little a little facial expression, and he's like, "Oh, can't do that." Says taunting. What? The NBA. I'm not gonna say that, this is what happened with the NBA, man. This is real shit. The NBA got so soft that that bullshit trickled down to every single player with these bullshit ass fouls you know if you, if you went in back in the day you had to go in like a fucking man motherfuckers was going to rock you you trying to go in on the inside and you had to take that lick for your team and you might get a foul and you might not back in the day that's when shit was hardcore back in the day we're going to talk about that in the next podcast for the um black subculture history episode of the podcast to wrap up february but that's that's for the future, because basketball used to be hard back in the day. You know, back in the early two thousands, basketball was gangster. Now this shit's not gangster. I don't know what the f- <laughs> this shit is soft as fuck, all around the board, all all around this shit. Starting with the All Star game, that shit is just <sighs> anyway. We're not gonna we're taking my refs tripping the fuck out. Okay, they gotta stop this shit. It's getting it's getting it's just, I, I I feel like everybody got soft in the league. Everybody wants to get the foul. Everybody wants to flop and do all this fucking bullshit. It trickled down to every single player, and now the refs is getting on in the same shit too. If you if you say something to a ref, or you ignore a ref, or whatever the fucking case may be, they get upset. They're getting all in their feelings, and they give you a tech or throw you out the game for nothing. Just to get the drama queen attention that the players get when they do it. I wish they wouldn't do the shit. I wish LeBron wouldn't do the shit. Uh, he does it. I mean, it, it, goes, it goes down to the fans. They call them pussies and cupcakes. Kevin Durant, they call them niggas soft and shit. Like, and a lot of these motherfuckers are soft. They, I mean, it, I'm not. Yeah, they're soft because they're not as hard as they used to be. This used to be a hard ass. This used to be a man's game. This used to be a fucking game where real men would show up and handle their fucking business. And rock you going on the inside. Niggas that elbow you if you got too fucking close. If you were a fan talking shit, somebody would punch you in the fucking face and have a fucking full on brawl in the goddamn arena. Cause you was going, you, you took the shit too far as a fan. Beat you up and fucking stuff popcorn down your throat. That's the type of shit this what it used to be. Now, forget about it. It's all over. Even the refs is pussy. It's it's just, it's just it's actually ridiculous, but it is what it is. We are where we are, and that's just the reality of the shit. I can't get upset about this. I wish everybody would would have the demeanor of a Kawhi Leonard. Go to the basket, don't taunt, don't do shit. Maybe scream every once in a while when you do some really really cool shit. But that's one player I could respect because he never says shit. He just handles his business and gets that back down the court. That's it. And he's nice with it. He's nice with it. Everybody else got to do some just just extra shit, and it's just it's it's too diva like now. It's fucking it's like a WWF. But <laughs> after that girl killed that little girl in Florida, and they changed the name to WWE. That's what it's like. That's what it's like. They took they they took the hardness out of it. You know, they took the F out, 
and put an E in. And they're really taking this this drama shit, this entertainment shit to the next level. I, I knew it was over when that goddamn Dwight Howard put on that cape in that dunk contest. I was like, and then the dude blew out that cupcake, whoever the fuck that was. I'm like, this is this is pussy. This is pussy. And the suspect, and I don't like it no more. And that's just when that that that's around the time when I quit fucking with basketball. And then D Rose broke his fucking legs to pieces. It was just like, who gives a fuck? All right, man. Anyway, besides the rest being pussies, I got an announcement to make. I'm skipping the NBA for March. I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm not even gonna start trying to to make sense of this shit. Um, this is crazy. I'm just diving straight into NCAA and I'm riding the teams from each conference. And I'm gonna start preparing now. That's my game plan. That's my goal. So, you know, the, I'm gonna give you some key and I'm gonna give you a reason why I'm doing this shit because the, and it's not because I'm shit on the NBA like I just like I just did. It's not because of that. I have a whole other set of reasons I want to start doing this. Starting with number one. From March 5th to March 10th will be the N- NBA All-Star break. I think the game was on the 7th and then the 8th and the 10th for the weekend or whatever. Um, yeah, the game was on the 7th, whatever. Anyway, um, I don't like the format. They, I don't like the teams like Team LeBron, Team Le- I think that shit is weak as fuck. It's corny as hell. All right. I've already expressed how corny that goddamn cape and that cupcake bullshit was. Like, it's just so fucking dorky in this book. Bu- I don't want even want to see that shit. Because it's, it's going to make me not even want to watch the playoffs. It's going to make me fucking mad. I know I might sound like an old ass man right now, but man, this shit is pussy. I don't know fuck what you're talking about. There's a lot of this shit is pussy. I hate pussy ass shit. I hate it. I don't want to. I don't want to be nowhere near around it, so I just avoid it and act like it don't exist. I don't. I just can't do it, man. I can't. I can't take part in it. I can't take part in it, man. I can't do it. I'm not. I'm not about to. I'm not about to do that shit. All right. So the All Star break is happening. Fine. Niggas is not gonna be trying to play. Motherfuckers is gonna be like whatever. They gonna talk about what team they wanna fucking go to and do all this fucking extra bullshit. Let them be fucking divas for the All Star game. All right. March Madness starts. You know, in March. So fucking, I'm gonna start fucking with these with these NCAA kids that are getting ready to come to the league. You know, the next coming up, in the next upcoming draft and shit like that. So I'm just gonna start fucking with the NCAA and see who's who, see what's good with that. All right, because that's that's not, that's a league with no drama. That that is a chess match between these fucking teams. Nobody's doing all this extra bullshit because they ain't getting paid yet. All right, they're playing for free. So it's just a whole other perspective on basketball, and I and I really like that game. It's it's a strict game. It's it's it's, it's regulated the right way. The refs, if they are in on it, they're not in on it. I don't think the refs are in on it. I hope not. Back in the mafia days, I think they were, but oh, I know they were back then. But it's just a better game, all right. And I gotta I gotta I gotta. I gotta fall in love with basketball again before I get to these playoffs fucking with the NBA. So I'm going to dive into NCAA as this All-Star game is going on. And I don't think I'm going to fuck with the NBA until the second half of the season, which starts on March 11th, right after the All-Star game. But if it, if they're not, if it's not a team that's in the, um, if it's not a, one of the teams in the three, in the top three of the against the spread rankings, uh, I, I mean, I, that's the only way I'm going to play. That's what I play now anyway. But on March 25th is the NBA trade, de- the trade deadline. 
I'm, I think I'm going to take this shit seriously after that. After the trade deadline. Because that's when all these trades are going down. That's when everybody's set. Everybody's just getting ready to go to the new team. Is you know, I think all the bullshit and the theatrics will be over by then. And maybe I can get back in on it. So from the 11th to the 25th, you won't really see me talking about NBA or doing any NBA shit. I want to make sure that, you know, that's done. But I do want to see the Final Four, and I do want to go through March Madness, and I really want to enjoy that, man. Just I just want to take the bullshit out of basketball for a little bit. Just, just chill on it. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing, man. If you got any teams that are, that are good to look at, let me know. Uh, I'm rocking with Kansas. I don't know who's on that team, but I'm going to get familiar with these guys. And I'm going to take the top five teams in the NCAA, and I'm going to start fucking with them. And also, I added the, uh, what did I add? I added it against the spread tracker for NCAA on my website. So you can check that out. It's under the gambling tools. So everybody can go there to look for the, um, who's at the best against the spread when it comes to the NCAAs to get ready for this tournament like I'm going to do. All right, and that's that. So let's move over to NHL. Over this last weekend, they had a game in Lake Tahoe. Which was the shit. Which was the shit. Lake Tahoe is fucking amazing. I've only been... I've been a couple of times, but I've only been in the winter once. And man, it is just one of the most beautiful places you ever go to. It's the shit. You you just gotta go there. You just gotta go there to see it for yourself. Uh, I fell in love with it the first time. And after watching these NHL games, where they were playing on the lake... Uh, yeah, they they weren't playing on the lake, but they were playing on the shore of a lake, kind of. It was just magical. The views were just amazing. The scenery was just on point. They didn't have any fans for the game. It was outside. Everything was perfect except that the sun beamed down on the ice for the first game and kind of fucked it up, but they had to play it later on that night. But, I mean, whatever. That's That's if it shit happens. It was just a really fun experience. I wish I could have been there myself. I really do, but... You know, I was stuck going to work, watching it from uh, my small-ass apartment in New York City. So, yeah. I, I'm definitely going to go now, though. After watching it on TV, I'm definitely going to go now. If they ever do that again, I'm going to be there for sure. And I'm, I think they will after uh, everything that's happened with this pandemic. And I really want to shout out the NHL for really putting that on. That was really a treat. That was cool as shit, and it made me feel really good about the NHL on hockey and really it, it, it was really cool man it reminded me of that movie Mystery Alaska with Patrick Swayze about people just about a town where the New York Rangers coming it's a whole movie it's a, it's a thing it's a great movie it's a great movie you just definitely watch it if you or not whatever the fuck you want to do I don't know but anyway that was just a great game Lake Tahoe's a shit I will be back. I will be at Harris Casino gambling. I will have a fucking ball next time I go. I want to go in the winter. Or at least, yeah, around the winter. Around the winter time. I don't want to go in the summertime. Even though it's a shit in the summertime, too. But I definitely, I've been there in the summertime. And I've been there in the winter. And i definitely rather go in the winter because I want to snowboard as well. And get back doing that. Because it's been a long time. So, let's move on. Uh, we'll stay on the NHL, but move on to the top teams in the division to watch. These are my personal top teams. I personally think that Boston is going all the way to win the Stanley Cup. But that's just one division out of four. 
In the other divisions, you have some other top teams and other teams that might give them a little pressure. There's only four spots in each division for the playoffs, and I'm going to go over who I think now are going to be in those top four spots. So starting off with the North Division, we're all Canadian teams. I think Toronto's going to be there for sure, winning that whole division. Edmonton might give them some trouble, but everybody else in that fucking league right now at this point are giving them a little bit of trouble. They're not, they're not dominating like they were right off the bat. So, and again, they're playing everybody. They're playing each team six times in this division. So, I mean, everybody is really, but in, in every division. But these are all Canadian teams playing each other. A lot of animosities building up. A lot of, a lot of shit is going down. I thought Toronto was just going to sweep it, take it easy, but they're having a struggle, and they're going to have to. Um, they're going to have to battle for that top spot. But I still think Freddie Anderson's like, he's so good, man. He's so good. And they have so much, so many offensive weapons. The firepower on Toronto Maple Leafs is just ridiculous. And I really think they could take the Stanley Cup. This might be their only chance to get it. So I think they're coming out of the north on top for sure. Uh, like I said, Montreal might give them some heat. Edmonton's definitely going to give him some heat with Connor McDavid, the top guy in the league. I can't really say he's the top player in the league next to Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is a fucking beast. Beastie, but I don't I don't know. It'd be great to see him go head-to-head with Edmonton against Connor McDavid in a final. so Or a conference final or whatever. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what that's going to be like. Or I guess a division final. It won't really be a conference. Anyway... Moving on to the East, we got Boston. I've already said this a million times. I think they're going all the way with the Stanley Cup. Hopefully my predictions are right because I'd really like to see them win it over any other team besides, I don't know. Out of all the teams that could win it, it'd be cool to see Boston win, but it, it, would, it would even be better to see somebody else like Vegas or Chicago win, but I don't know if they, I don't know if anybody could beat these motherfuckers, man. They're nice. They seem to have no problems when it comes to just willing wins. Boston. Shit, I don't think I'm done. They only lost three games total. So, anyway, that's my team going with great goaltending on both sides, um, starters and backup. They're just, they're, they're just a complete unit. I think they're the shit. I've even said this before. They had that game in Tahoe and, and what Philadelphia, 7-3. So, yeah, Boston all the way. Any team that can bring, maybe give them trouble or Washington – the Islanders or the New Jersey Devils, but I really don't see that happening. Not, I just don't see it happening. I don't see any of those teams fucking giving Boston trouble. I think they're gonna pretty good much go through this thing unscathed. That's what I'm. That's what I'm predicting. So, Boston in the East. If you're if you're looking for hockey teams to start betting on, always take those. Always take the teams I'm telling you to to go out with. So the top teams I would say to go out with are Toronto, Boston, Vegas, and Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay, you could also switch them out for some other teams like Chicago, Carolina, and Florida as well because they're not the same team they were without their main shooter, Nikita Kucherov. But let's go to the West before we get to the Central where Tampa Bay's at. Let's talk about the West. We got Vegas there going, um, in my opinion, they're the best team in their division of the West. I don't think St. Louis could fuck with them. I don't think Colorado could. They're not fucking with them. And Minnesota's, they're a great team, but they're not quite there yet to fuck with the Vegas. Vegas is probably going to dominate the West the way they got it set up with the teams that are in there. I don't see anybody touching the motherfuckers. So that's my prediction. Vegas, 
taking it all on the west side. And Tampa Bay and the Central, I, I have Tampa Bay winning, but, you know, the way everybody's playing in the Central Division, who the fuck knows? Florida's kicking ass. Carolina's destroying shit. Chicago is just really, really proving a point that they're a contender. They're like second place in this division right now. They're just amazing, Chicago. I, I, but I don't, I don't know if they can go toe-to-toe in a playoff situation against any of these teams and win outright. But Chicago is just, just fucking looking amazing. That is my favorite team to bet on. I even watched them tonight. I didn't put any money. I haven't been betting in a while. But if I did put money, it would for sure be Chicago. Uh, on, any, on any night, any given night, I would take Chicago, to be honest. I just love the team. I love the way these guys are are set up. I love I love the players and shit. This is they're just too fucking good, and they're missing their captain right now, Jonathan Taves, and they're still just kicking ass. The Brinkett and Kane are just matching up on the ice and just making magic happen. So big shout out to Chicago. Tampa Bay has really got to clean their shit up, and it's not so much the goaltending at all in this situation. It's more so. Niggas trying to be cute. Motherfuckers just trying to be cute with that puck in that neutral zone. And just doing a little slick shit that they shouldn't be doing. Alright? They shouldn't be doing a lot of shit that they're doing. And they're just like a like a whole different team with that missing piece in the key to Kucha Rafa. That was like their number one shooter. Um, moving on to the other teams. Carolina's looking decent. I've watched some of their games. I didn't really watch a lot of uh, Carolina games. But they're looking like they're not fucking playing. They look like they want this shit. And they got a coach behind them that's... You know, it's going to push him, ride Brendan Moore. So, you know, they're, they're not fucking around. And Florida's looking like they could they could maybe go toe-to-toe with Tampa Bay, man. So this shit's in the centrals up for grabs, and personally. Tampa Bay is a, the, the standing champion, but I think that their, their division's up for grabs for sure. So, but, you know, that is what it is. I'm going to go down and talk about some goalies real quick from each division. Uh, the North, I'd say the best goal in the North is Freddie Anderson, but you got Carey Price out there. Some, you know, he's got a lot of other goalies that are that are good in the North too. Um, who that? Who's that one fucking guy? Not Holtby that plays. Not Holtby. Uh, I think Markstrom. Does he play for the Canucks? I think he does. But a lot, a lot they got a lot of good goalies in the North Division. They got a lot of good goalies in the East Division too. Um, Shit, I mean, at New Jersey, fucking Mackenzie Blackwood has been holding it down for New Jersey. He's been playing really well, really fucking solid. Uh, just, just really well, man. I, I didn't. I, I think that's the main piece in in that team that's really been doing a lot of shit is the goaltending for New Jersey Devils and shit. In the West, I don't think anybody's gonna fuck with Mark Andre Fleury when it comes to. Um, the goaltending, and I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm pretty maybe I don't even know if anybody has any more better numbers than that dude right now, as far as like a starter goes. I think he's like shit. I'm gonna look that shit up right now. I'm trying to make this thing go fast. I don't want to stay on this on this shit too long, but I do wanna I do wanna see what this guy's at for sure. Uh, did they play tonight? I don't know if the Vegas plays tonight, but I do wanna see where his numbers are at. If they play tonight, they don't. They don't play tonight. Shit. But, yeah, even Carolina has a great goalie, too. Fucking James Reimer. But, damn, his some of the saves that dude was making were fucking incredible when they played uh, Tampa Bay. I just want to 
throw that out there. If you're looking for a guy to bet on uh, and you want to just go with Carolina for one of these games, James Reimer was fucking doing some um, amazing shit in that loss they had, that 4-2 loss they had against uh, Tampa Bay a couple nights ago. I mean, I watch the game. That's what I do, man. I just stay up and watch hockey all night long. I be late to work every day. I don't, I don't even give a fuck no more. I really don't. Because I'm addicted and I can't stop watching this shit. Shit, before I got on this podcast, I was watching the goddamn game. The Penguins in the in, in Washington. I, I can't stop. I won't stop. I got to see what's going on. I got to bring you guys the details. Hopefully, you start fucking with this hockey soon. You know, okay, this is just this is all fucked up. It's taking too long to get Flurry's numbers. But they're good. Fleury's a real, he's, he's a good goalie. Marc-Andre Fleury's the best. He plays for Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, right behind him is Robert Leonard. And he's a fucking great goalie as well. So keep that in mind when you start putting money down on these motherfuckers, man. I always got to check the goaltenders. Look at their numbers. And um, go from there. And the way to look at the goalies' numbers, too, is you want to look at their save percentage. And you want to look at the win and loss records, of course. And you want to look also at their, um, what the what the fuck is that last thing, man? Jesus Christ. How am I fucking blanking out on this shit? Save percentage. Oh, yeah, goals allowed. Okay? That'll give you some kind of insight on who you're fucking dealing with on each side of the ice. If really, really, you've been on the team, you know, you know, you, you figure it out. But always look at the numbers and see who's the best. And uh, if the numbers get too good... You could pretty much say that their time's coming. Their time's coming to fall off. And that's that's how I look at it sometimes. Because you can only be too good for so long. Anyway, go, and also, too, numbers really don't mean that much. When you see a guy like James Reimer last night, I think he has, like, three goals allowed a game. If you saw that performance last night, <sighs> dude, he did everything he could to keep that fucking team winning that goddamn game. Some of those action-packed saves he was making... Or just electrifying. And Tampa Bay was fucking up a big time the game before that, so they wanted to come out strong and let let um, Carolina know that they're not hoes and they're not the ones to be fucked with. So they came out playing a good detailed game. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into topic two, lessons and terms. So stay tuned in for that. Be right back. All right, we're back. Let's go over some of these things real quick because we're already getting to a fucking hour here. I don't want to take too long doing this shit. I still got one more thing to go, uh, but I'll make that last thing quick. All right, let's let's get to the daily terms here. First thing I want to talk about is live betting wagers. Uh, LBW is how we're going to do this. That's what we're going to call So live betting wagers or LBW, also known as an in-play wagering. Are also known as in-play wagering. Live betting is offered once a sporting event begins. Spreads, money lines, and totals are adjusted and reposted as a match plays out. Prop options like goal score, next goal score, and correct final score are also available. So basically, they just change the lines up and down when the game starts. If uh, I will say this. For a live betting wager, if you get a fucking spread that's too high... Like I've gotten some cases for some NBA games. If I see a spread that's too high, what I'll do is I'll just wait till the game starts, have the team that I want to pick losing a little bit, and they'll bring the spread down, and then I'll take the spread then. If you know, if they have a good against the spread rating, you know, they just cheat, could cheat a little bit. They're gonna offer it to you maybe on some higher odds, depending on how low it is. But you might find a deal out of it, or if your team 
fucking ends up whooping that ass in, in the in the beginning of the game or something, you might not get those odds too. So it's a gamble. But if you want a lower spread, you should wait till the game starts and then wait till your team goes down, maybe a couple of points, five or six points, and then take on a live bet if um, the spread's too high. I'm gonna start doing that. Instead of just trying to get like a five point five spread, they're never gonna offer that. As the season's getting ready to come to a close, that that shit's gonna kind of be over. Anyway, moving on for checking, and I kind of just put this in here myself because I want to give you guys a little introduction to hockey. I'm gonna start doing more hockey uh, terms too. So anyway, for checking, it refers to skating done in the offensive zone, often to recover possession of the puck after a dump in or a turnover. So. A forecheck, you might basically you'll see somebody that's on offense, right? You'll see somebody skating out of their back end. So let's say the a team is next to their goalie, and they have the puck, and they're trying to go to the other person's goalie and shoot the or the other team's goalie and shoot the puck in there. What they'll do is it's hard to get it's hard to get in that it's hard to get into the other team's zone sometimes. So one of your next best options, if you can't just rush in there like Connor McDavid. One man, <laughs> like fucking Rambo shit. You'll dump the puck, and you'll take your wait till your, there's three lines: the blue line, a red line in the middle, and another blue line at the end. Um, you'll wait till you get to that second red line, which is the rule. You have to you'll dump it in right after you get to that to that red line, and then you'll go chase the puck, and that's the forecheck. Okay. You have to um recover though. You have to dump the puck in their zone, go chase it, and recover it. Okay. So that's what you that's what you do. Or if you're, if you're on the defensive side. Then, oh, yeah, I, I explained that wrong. Okay, so the offense, that's what they'll do. They'll come in with the, fucking, with the puck. They'll dump it in. They'll try to go get it and keep it in your zone. As you're forechecking, you're, you're, you're on the defense. What you're trying to do is recover that puck possession so the offense doesn't get it back. Okay? That's what you're trying to do. All right, anyway, back checking. Rushing back to the defensive zone in response to an opposing team's attack. Players often try to rub up behind the player with the puck to bother them. So basically, you're just pestering, some, you're just pestering somebody um, that has the puck if they're trying to enter your zone. Okay. So, you, so they don't have a good time, to, a good chance to set up in in your zone and get a clean shot off. So you know. Anyway, look. Go fucking read up on the rules of hockey, man. Me explaining this shit is is all fucked up. You know, um, I know what it fucking means, but just because I said it to you doesn't mean you're gonna actually grasp this concept. Because I'm really shitty at explaining um, hockey rules, and especially anything to do with this fucking blue line and forechecking and backchecking. I tried, people. I'm so I'm gonna keep trying too. I'm not gonna give up. But definitely go look up the rules of hockey. And uh, watch some videos on YouTube if you get a chance. Just in your free time. And uh, watch some games. And you'll see what I'm, what I'm talking about. The announcers are uh, safe for a check. And if, as long as you know the basics, you should, um, you'll figure it out. That's how I'd learn. Just, you just figure it out as long as you go. All right. So lessons. Uh, let's, let's, let's give some. Um, this is a. Okay. Let me fucking get my shit together. All right. <laughs> I got something to tell you guys on how live wagers go. This is how I look at a live wager. I do three things that I look for when I'm live wagering, all right? And we're going to start with the um, the live betting wager 
number one rule number one or yeah you could say rule number one or some advice or, or tip number one your puck lines and your spreads okay if your team goes down like one or two points in the first period of a game as it's live or let's say like at halftime um or in the third quarter your team is down you know like maybe like 10 points or some shit like that you know um I would place I I I place two separate but equal wagers on that on the on the team that I pick. Okay? I do one for the puck line or I do or the NBA you do one for the spread and then you do the other on the money line. Okay? Cuz you're you're basically just playing that they're going to come back. You're just putting some money down, they're going to give you better odds too that you cuz your team's down. So you want to just, you know, cover that but just get those get those bets in on the live. Because you, what you, what you're banking on is they're gonna come back or you know and, and do what they gotta do, and plus at this point they're gonna be giving them points, and you want to get those points too. Even if they don't pull out a win, they'll be closer. If they say if the game ends up tied, then you'll still win because you have points or some shit like that. You see what I'm saying? So they're giving you a deal at that time. Take it, take it, and, and see how your team does. Don't go crazy with it, but you know just put a little bit of money, put some money down on the on the money line on the spread. I mean on the spread. And uh, put some of that money down on the money line too. All right, because when you do this, um, you do this. Your, t- your t- yeah, your team is gonna be down. Like, all right, doing so when your team is down was gonna give you a significant, significantly higher odds. And since the game, since the game is live, so if your team has like a high spread to beat, like anything over, in my in my opinion, six points. If they have the cover spread for six points, like they gotta win by six, then wait and just, just wait until the game starts and try to lock in a lower price. And like I was explained for earlier, that's another way to use this use this tool too. Alright, so moving on. Comebacks. Alright, the live betting wager tip for number two. When your team is down significantly mid game and your gut you feel a chance they can come back. I'm we're not talking about like I was talking about before. A little bit like 10 points we're talking about like 20 points some shit like that something crazy all right you want to place a comeback wager on your fucking team all right it's a rare situation to happen kind of like new england and fucking atlanta in the super bowl but uh i wouldn't recommend getting crazy because you know there's always like a 70 30 chance that it'll work out in your favor and maybe like an 80 20 chance it'll work out in your favor but, you know, like I said, the best comeback I can recall is fucking New England versus Atlanta, 3-28 to 28 at halftime, right? The odds would be tempting. They're going to be massive. So don't put down a lot of money on a wager like this because it's a comeback. It's a long shot bet, you know? All right, so I would place a small amount, and that's going to yield you, like, plenty, plenty of money. Great odds. There's no need to get greedy. Just, just, yeah, no need to get greedy here, man. Just, just put down something on it if you really think your team's gonna come back. And like I said, it's such a long shot; it might not happen. The odds are against you, but at least when you see, if you do, if you just gotta feel it in your gut. You gotta feel it in your gut. You gotta know that, yeah, they're gonna, they got a chance to come back. Like for the, like, uh, I'll give you an, an uh, example from last night in the hockey games. They had three teams that were playing last night that were all down. 
they were down like zero three, zero three, zero three, and each each one of these teams. And I was like, well, one of these motherfuckers is just gonna come back. <laughs> one of these bitches is gonna tie this game and come back. Okay, and I think it was the Coyotes that did it. Uh, they came back. It was they tied it up three to three in the second, and they won that game. But at the time where they were down low, was the time to take them. Uh, did I know the Coyotes? I, I didn't know the Coyotes. Was, I didn't know it was going to be the Coyotes. I just knew it was going to be one of these teams because it was it was Toronto versus Calgary. They were down three zero, which I didn't really see coming because Calgary is playing like shit right now against and Toronto's the best team in that division. So I figured, you know, if anybody's going to come back, it's them. Then I saw another. I can't remember the other match, but I do remember. I do remember um, St. Louis. I think it was St. Louis and uh, the Phoenix Coyotes. And when I, I just knew they were some one of these guys were going to come back. So at this point, you could take thirty dollars and put down fucking ten on each, and just see which one's going to come back, and you're going to win one of them. So yeah, the odds are going to be crazy too. You know, we're talking about fucking down three zero in a hockey game, which ain't shit. By the way, but they're still gonna give you the odds like that. But they're gonna still give you good odds, odds because it's a live back wager, and you're you're up against the gun, and time has already gone off the clock. So just keep that in mind. All right. So anyway, like I said, where where was I at? Um. Yeah, put down a small amount. You you have plenty. No need to get greedy. Um. Okay, Leah. Look at the team's comeback record as well. We could do that mid-game or before the game, whatever the case may be, or like in between intermission or halftime, and how much points they put up in the upcoming period and quarter. You know, um, just just look at that type of stuff. All right, before you get ready to wager on them, before you decide, if you're still on the fence about a comeback, look up their record about uh, look up their comeback record and look how much fucking points they're. They're averaging and, and putting up within um, the, the quarter that they're getting ready to go into. Okay? And uh, this will give you, like, some type of insight on what you're getting yourself into when you get ready to place this comeback bet if you're still on the fence. So the next thing to do would be to look out for signs and flashes um, of hope. Maybe, like, a three-pointer, a couple three-pointers. Maybe some power plays, some shit like that, consecutive turnovers. That these guys are creating a big hit in the hockey that shifts the momentum in the game, all that type of shit. Look for that uh, in a come up or a comeback, and and then you know the other team slipping or getting careless or trying to be too cute, and that's going to give you an edge because you could see the other team starting to break down. Because like in a hockey game, once a fucking team is like down tremendously, like two two or three points, and the other team comes back and and that's a big hit or they start the other team starts to get sloppy. And they can see the other team coming back. Once they score, it's over. Once they get that fucking ball rolling, it's over, man. You can really build off of that, all right? So just trust your instincts and remain non-impulsive, but go for it, all right? And remember, again, small amounts on the comeback because it's a comeback. Don't go fucking crazy. Don't be like, oh, man, fuck, I'm going to put down $100. I'm put down $50. Don't do that shit. It's a comeback. Save your money. Save a big amount. Of your money and don't do a comeback and do it on this next thing i'm about to tell you on this next tip number three rallies okay now what's a rally all right a rally is when a team just starts fucking pounding on motherfuckers and that could be the team that's already dominating or that could be the team that just tied the game up and starts dominating over the team that is up against the up against the wall now kind of like that game where lebron won it kind of like that series 
where Le, uh, where the LeBron and Cleveland beat the Golden State Warriors. They rallied that series. They just rallied it. They won. I mean, in the same, in, the, in even the series before that, they had with Oklahoma. They just start rallying in that shit. They were down what three one, and they just had it. They won the second game, then they won the third game, then they won the fourth game. It was, you know, it was just like you could just see that shit coming. So, when you're spotting a good rally, it's all about recognizing the game flow. That's why you got to do is recognize the game flow. A fuck up here, a three pointer there. You know, you could see a good rally coming. Now, I've mentioned that too. The last from the comeback, you you could see signs and flashes of hope, like three pointers or power plays or consecutive turnovers or whatever the case may be. That's You've already put your money down on the comeback, so you're hoping that that's going to happen in a comeback, all right? A rally is when you see some shit like that, and you just keep pounding on money. You just keep putting money back on that shit. You see a fucking three-point, he's like, oh, we got another three. You're coming back. Let's throw down some more on it. A rally is really taking it all away. You're rallying with the team. You're throwing more money on the live bet as your team's coming back to win this fucking game. Doing it live. Like Bill O'Reilly on Fox News, cocksuckers. Do it live. All right, so this is the best way, or this is like the best for when you uh, realize early on in the match that the team that you picked isn't showing up, or, or a top player is ruled out right before a game, or it's just another, it's just not, it's just the other team's night. All right, this is the way to get your money back if you bet the wrong team that night. Okay, that's what this is for. And in one instance, if you bet the wrong team, then you know you know they're gonna get their ass beat. Then they start rallying with the team that's gonna win. They get your money back. Like you know, some bullshit happens. Like a player's will out before a game or whatever the fuck. Your team's not showing up or whatever. All right. And rallies build like precipitation. All right. Whether it be like a rainfall, avalanche, thunderstorm, blizzard, or a fucking tsunami, even you could always spot them easily coming at you. But when they do come, they come quick. And if you get caught slipping in the middle of one, you're fucked. Okay? You want to keep a good eye on what's going on in the game when it comes to a rally. Because, like, it's going to come quick. It's going to come in the waves. And it's going to come quick. But if you, if you don't, look, man, if you don't get ready for it, you're going to get fucked, right? Because a, a typical rally will come, like, in a wave. Like, of, like, pressuring peaks that just crash harder and harder each time one hits, like, fucking cray with a three ball coming with a three ball here oh it's a three ball They're like once you get like two threes <laughs> in and the crowd gets going crazy or just like you know the other team will start like to get defeated and shit right you know what i mean this is this puts too much pressure and when the pressure builds up it just crashes harder and harder on that team man as as, as each one hits so it's just going to defeat the team, and it's just going to happen like you got to catch it fast. You're going to miss your opportunity. You have to just kind of make um, a decisive decision to get in there, man, and take advantage of your decision-making. All right? You got to be decisive. You can't you can't be on the fence with the rally. You're going to ride with it or you're not going to ride with it. That's what it fucking comes down to. Are you going to ride the rally or not? You know, and this is, this is very – this is when you really got to check your impulsive – impulsiveness at the door because we're not talking about this fucking going off your instinct with this rally you're seeing a rally as it happens and you're just coming in going with it that's what a rally is about all right so you know when a team starts to bury an opponent with like a flurry of points that just puts the game away and out of reach you want to capitalize on getting in early like real early on that you don't want to be late to the party when it comes to you when you see when you start seeing one happening 
So one main one main key to look out for is like the body language of the players who are being dominated. Are they defeated? Are they getting anxious as that next point scored? Are they scrambling to recover on turnovers and you know avoid a tie in the game? Are they in over their heads at this point? Are they late on plays? And most importantly, are they able to recover or have they folded at this point? And they know it is pretty much over and this rally is taking place and there's nothing they could do about it. Because right, the, the best thing to do, you know, before taking a live bet, a wager on a rally is to just watch a rally like in a past game. You know, like, or just watch one in real time. Don't, if you see it, look, look, don't fucking just be like, oh, I heard about rallies on the podcast. and I'm just going to start fucking taking rallies when I see one and, and try to catch one. No, don't do that. Just watch rallies unfold. Watch a couple of games where the niggas get rallied on. And 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 then really study the things I told you to look for, like the teams getting anxious or being defeated in their body language. Just study this shit, because when you get to see these niggas on the court being defeated, you get to you'll know what to look for. They're not gonna be as quick to the ball. They're gonna fucking let their shoulders down. They're gonna give out that side of like, Ugh. they're gonna get frustrated. Study that in games in the past, and study those in games live. But do not put any money on the rallies at first. You're not gonna be able to come off. Um, just fucking betting rallies right out the gate. You gotta start studying the movements of a rally, and you'll be able to get a on a good one, consistently, not just guessing. All right. So, as you do this, just look for the key examples I described about player body language throughout the game, and to study more games, you know, just like it, like oh, do them over and over. I would say, like, I mean, you can't. Yeah, just, just keep looking. You have to watch a whole bunch of games to catch a good rally because it don't fucking happen all the time. But you just got to keep watching games over and over and peep the rally. I would say give it like fucking three weeks of just watching games and peeping the rallies to where you can see the inconsistencies of players. And if you got like um NBA sports package, you got NFL, I mean, excuse me, NHL, um, NHL ticket, not NHL ticket, NHL TV. You can rewind the games and watch them like I do after they've already been broadcasted. Uh, you could, you know, you could just rewatch the games and see it happening, you know. So, you know, um, I would start off with like, yeah, okay. Look, here's a good place to watch a fucking rally. Start off with NCAA basketball, and just look how teams respond to a beatdown from like a top ten opponent. All right, like at some point you could like pinpoint where they give up <laughs> and where shit goes off the rails easily in the NCAA because they're kids. You know, um, it's a lot of pressure and shit because, you know, they're not making it. They're not making any money. And they're basically fucking they're basically basically their careers on the line if they don't win the fucking tournament and go far in it or don't perform well. So, yeah, definitely check out NCAA. And plus, there's a shitload of games every Saturday on the NCAA. I don't know about for the pandemic, but that's how it used to be. I think they're probably still going to have that going on. But that's probably the easiest way you can see a rally unfolding you know and it's not it doesn't really matter if it's like um ncaa versus nba it's just really the team the motions and the things that happen in the game that you want to peep out so anyway like i said i'm gonna drop these notes in this blog so you guys can look over at them again as you um listen to this podcast for the third the fourth the second time or whatever the fuck it is just to get reacclimated to what i'm talking about because this is a lot of information to process but if you're in the live betting and you want to start there remember those fucking three things puck lines and spreads that's number tip number one. Comebacks is tip number two. And rallies is tip number three. And I'm going to have all this information 
on the website at the bottom under the blog. All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get to the last topic of this episode and we're going to shut it down after that. So I'll be right back and we'll be rocking in with the third guys. Stay tuned. All right. We're back. Topic three. All right. We got a gambling story coming up for you guys. And um, we just talked about this earlier, Lake Tahoe being awesome. I want to talk about one time I went out to Lake Tahoe and I was a fucking degenerate, losing hundreds of dollars gambling on credit at the Lake Tahoe Casino at Harrah's. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just being a degenerate piece of shit. And um, I had some money on credit. It wasn't even my money. I just spent a lot of money trying to hit the dice tables, and I lost. And um, it was pretty shitty. It was pretty sad, and it was pretty um, embarrassing because I was up there at 3 o'clock in the morning. You never want to be rolling dice that late. If I can give you any perspective on rolling, nothing nothing good. The, the, the guy who was giving me the craps, the, the crap table master, whatever the fuck you call that guy, the usher, or whatever the fuck. I don't know his fucking name. is the floor guy. He was telling me nothing good come, nothing good happens after here after one o'clock. Really, man, nothing good happens after here after twelve. After midnight, it's over. I mean, I'm I'm literally at the craft table, just me, just me, one person rolling dice. It was fucking really despicable. I've never, I've never um, forgave myself for doing that, you know. And it was really shitty, really shitty time. It reminded me of Joe Pesci on Casino, where he was fucking playing blackjack. Just being a piece of shit, throwing the cards at the dealers, calling them cocksuckers, and telling them to shove up their mothers and their, their they're telling them to shove up the cards up their ass and up their mother's cunts and up their mother's ass, and this being a real piece of shit. And then Robert De Niro had to come to him and be like, "Hey man, you got to get the fuck out of here. You, you're banned from you're banned from every casino in Las Vegas. You can't be at this one, the mobbed up one where I'm at. They know what the fuck we're doing. The FBI comes in here, they're gonna shit all over this place. Blah blah blah." He was just like, "Fuck that." Give me some more money, man. Give me some more fucking money. Because he was the you know casino manager. He was just like, you know, fuck it, man. Give him, give him 10 and that's it. He was like, 10? He's like, yeah, 10 and that's it. Get him the fuck out of here. It was you know, some real fucking you know, dirtbag shit. That's when things started to really like really unravel in that movie. That movie was great. I mentioned it before on the podcast. One person that me and my brother were talking to never seen that movie before. And he was like, casino, what's that about? And my brother has a classic line. He said, it's about your best friend fucking you over and your wife being a whore. And couldn't explain. He couldn't describe that movie even any more perfect than that. Your best friend fucking you over and your wife being a whore. All right. You know, it's it's, 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 what the movie is about, man. It's a movie about. That's that's what gambling is about. That movie really puts down into perspective how bad this shit can go if you let it go off the rails. If you don't prepare, if you don't stay vigilant, if you don't keep your game tight, you can end up like fucking Robert De Niro in Casino. All right? Your best friend fucking your girlfriend, your wife, and Lester Diamond, and all this other bullshit. So, yeah, just make sure um, you keep your game tight. And don't be like, don't ever gamble on credit like I was doing. That's just, That was just despicable, man. That was just despicable. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. It was a long time ago, man. I was I was living like a piece of shit. <sighs> Total 180 from how I'm living now, by the way. So, you know, anyway, but you could always look back at your past mistakes. If I was if I'm if I was still doing that shit, man, I would 
I should just, I would just have to kill myself, man. There'd be no reason to go on. I'm fucking 34 years old. I can't be gambling on credit. I would just rather, I'd rather kill myself. Jump off a bridge or something. Who gives a fuck? Anyway, or maybe overdose. Overdose would probably be the best way to go because at least you get to get high before you check out of here. You know what I'm talking about there? All right. Anyway, fucking, um, let's see. Favorite games for this week. Like I said, on Monday, I wanted to release this podcast. Then that Russia shit happened, and I said I can't do it. But on that, on that day... I had some games I wanted to tell you about. I wanted to tell you about who I was going to take for Vegas versus Colorado. And I would have told you Vegas all day because they played in Tahoe. The ice was fucked up. In Vegas, the sun was in the goalie's eyes and shit. They kind of got hosed that game. You know, with the elements and shit. So they came back for retribution. In my opinion. And I, I just knew they were going to win. And they did 3-0. to zero. Tampa Bay versus North Carolina. Or Carolina. Uh, they play in rally, so it's pretty much North Carolina. Anyway, fucking um, Carolina was playing really good that night before, but Tampa Bay was making a lot of shitty, stupid ass mistakes, trying to be too cute with the puck. And I think they knew that. And I think they just let that game get away from them and shit. So the one before this on Monday, and I think they were gonna come come strong, and um, they won four to two Tampa Bay, and I kind of saw that coming. If I took this on a parlay, I would have won. Um. But I didn't. Like I said, I'm not gambling right now. I'm trying to. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna wait for a while before I start making any actual picks uh, with real money. But I'm just gonna give you guys tips and tricks. Or no, excuse me. I'm just gonna give you tips and advice on some of these hockey games as I see coming down the pipeline. So, Minnesota is back in action with Matt Zuccarello. They got Kirill, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, and they're just looking fucking so goddamn good. Arison X playing fucking good. Um. Suter's playing good. Everybody's fucking dead. Everybody's kicking ass on Minnesota right now, man. And they're playing a shitty team like the San Jose Sharks. Uh, they just shit it on them. Shit it all over their faces. 6-2. to two. And that's a shit. That, that's a shitting on in hockey. 6-2? to two? Come on, man. Come on. It's fucking eight point total. Jesus Christ. 6-2. to two. You ain't shit. San Jose, uh, Jose kind of sucks ass right now. So any team that plays them is probably going to whip their ass, especially a team that's so equipped like Minnesota. And I think somewhere soon they'll be playing them again. Um, but, yeah, Minnesota's really a great team. Uh, that I love I love, I love, love that team, the way they're built. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do in the West. I don't think they can beat Vegas, but they're damn good. They're, they're on their way to being a contender for a Stanley Cup for sure. All right, moving on to Tuesday. Uh, Pittsburgh versus Washington. I had Pittsburgh beating Washington at three to two. Um, uh, no, I mean I had Pittsburgh beating Washington. I didn't have the um score. It was an overtime game, so I mean, what the fuck, man? Who knows who's gonna win in overtime? But Ovechkin's looking really slow. He's an old motherfucker, and uh, Sidney Cosby doesn't look like he's really that slow anymore. And he just played his thousandth game, so you know. I just the the Washingtons aren't, aren't they're not who they used to be, man. They're not who they used to be. They look like a slower team. They're not defensively on point. I will say Tom Wilson does lay on some big hits, but he's been doing that since he's got in the league, and that's his number. He likes to fucking give big hits on people and shit, dirty hits sometimes, whatever the fuck. And it doesn't really matter. Washington's just looking really sluggish right now. They need a pickup. Um, so I don't think you know, but they're second place and shit in the division. Don't get me wrong, but. I just I just don't see them um, going all the way or going far in the playoffs. All right, Chicago versus Columbus Blue Jackets. You know who I took. I tell you about these guys all the time. They never fucking let you down. Chicago Blackhawks are fucking it if you want to fucking put your money on the line on the gamble. Um, 
I love the Chicago Blackhawks. I can't never say anything bad about them. They've always done me well. So Chicago played Columbus last night. They won in the shootout. I can forget who scored that goal. It wasn't really who scored the goal in the shootout. It was the way the fucking goaltender, uh, Lakenen, really just stood fucking tall through that whole thing. I mean, he's a beast, man. Some of the saves he was making that, I mean, dude, he's a fucking beast. Great goaltending in uh, Chicago right now. And I don't know, the Blue Jackets, they play like... I don't know. They're they're, they're 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 kind of fucked up. The way they the way they're, they're structured is just kind of fucked up. It's just kind of like one dimensional and stupid. And John Tortorella is a great coach and all that shit, but they're just playing like so fucking weak. Like, ugh, I don't like the way they play. It looks it, this doesn't look well. All right, moving on to Wednesday. Philadelphia versus New York Rangers. Now, usually I would go with the Rangers, but um, like I said, our Timmy Panarin's out. And who knows when the fuck he's coming back or if he's coming back. I hope these motherfuckers don't kill him or shoot his family up in Russia. These people are fucking animals. Like the guy said on the, was the Law and Order episode, he's like, they're Russians. They're animals. <laughs> but I can't say that because Artemi Panarin's Russian and all Russian people aren't like that. But um, the motherfuckers in government over there are. So that's who he's got to really look out for. So I hope everything works out for him. Like I said, we got some other players out on injuries, so we're kind of fucked in this game against Philly. But they got a lot of people out, too, so it's pretty much an even match. Whoever wants it more is going to get it, and I hope it's us. Um, so I can't really say who's going to win the New York versus Philly. I wouldn't even fuck with that if I were you guys. Um, but as far as Carolina versus Tampa Bay, that's a 50-50, too. Uh, shit, the way Tampa Bay, uh, I, th- I see that shit going to overtime with a low score. I could tell you that. I think they're going to uh, change the game to 3 o'clock. So that might affect that shit sometimes, too, because game, games in the day seem to be, I don't know, weird. It's something about playing at night. Um, Dallas versus Florida. The way Florida's playing, shit, I'd have to go with Florida, man. They're just looking too fucking good. But I don't know who the goalie is going to be in there. So let me check some of this shit. I got to check. Um, I got I to gotta see who's going to be in the in the, in the uh, in the fucking net. Then I can give you a better perspective on who I'd pick. And look, look, they don't have the lines out yet for who's going to be in the net because right now it's like 5 o'clock, uh, 5.30 in the morning. So I'm just going to give you my prediction if if these people are in the net. So for Carolina versus, um, ah, shit, versus Tampa Bay, I'm gonna have to, I would say if, if they got Andre Vasilevsky and James Reimer, if they're both in the net, Fuck it, man. Let's let it ride on Carolina, man. Because, um, you know, shit. The way he was making saves the other night was just fucking electrifying. I think, and he lost that game, and he shouldn't have lost it because he was playing his ass off. All right, so that's with that said, I would go then. Um, I'm going to take this Florida game. I'm going to take this Florida Panthers game back. If they put in uh, Chris Dreiger, then, I don't know. He's playing good, too, man. Fuck. Is it Drieger or Dreger? I don't know. Dreger? These guys got weird fucking names. But anyway, um, I don't know, man. Because he has a pretty good... He has some pretty good goalie numbers as well. But... Yeah, I'd, 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 yeah, I'd have to say Carolina still, man. I mean, um, Florida still. Because that dude's just too fucking good. I mean, he's fucking 7-1. I mean... I'm just going by pure goaltenders. And he's definitely going to be in the net. And Dallas hasn't decided who their goalie's going to be yet. So... For that one, I'm going to go with Florida. Uh, New York versus Philadelphia. 
I did, I'm going to go New York, but I would say, like I said, stay away from that shit. Jacob Markstrom versus Michael Hutchinson. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with fucking uh, shit. I would say Calgary because they've already beat these guys once, and I think they're going to try to do it again, especially if they throw in a weak goaltender, uh, second stringer, backup for Toronto. If they play, if they play the backup, then I definitely would go with fucking um, Calgary for this one. That's just my opinion. Uh, John Gibson versus Darcy Kemper. Anaheim Ducks versus Arizona Coyotes. That's uh, that's gonna be a great matchup for both goaltenders because both of these guys are really fucking good. They uh, are some of the top guys to play in the league as far as that position the goaltender goes. So, yep, I would. I don't know. I don't know about that one. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Minnesota versus Colorado. If they do play this weak ass motherfucker right here, uh, in the net. Oh, he's not. Yeah, yeah. If they play this motherfucker, man, he's not really weak. Talbot's looking nice this year, but Grubauer is a beast too. Damn, Grubauer's a beast. I'd have to say Colorado for sure. There's no way. Yeah, Colorado for sure. If they play, I mean, but I mean, like, this, these goalies are unconfirmed. So just, I can't really give you a perspective on on who to pick if they if they put in the fucking second string goalie here. I can only go on who they might put in if their top guys are in. I can give you, excuse me, I can give you a better a better outlook on the game. And let's see, we got Boston I, I, Thursday. We got Boston versus New York Islanders, Vegas versus San Jose Sharks, Dallas versus Florida, Carolina versus Tampa Bay again. Shit, Pittsburgh versus Washington, Chicago versus uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. That's all for Thursday. Those are the games I'm I'm be looking at. Then we got on uh, Friday. Boston versus New York Rangers. We got the LA Kings versus Minnesota. I would definitely take Minnesota that game for Friday for sure. No doubt about it. And um, let's see. Saturday, we got Toronto versus Edmonton. That's going to be a great matchup. So, look, forget about listening to what I'm saying about taking these fucking games. All right. Because, like I said, I don't know who's going to be starting in the goal for any of these fucking games because nothing's been announced yet. But watch some of these games. You know, when Wednesday comes up. Watch fucking uh, Minnesota versus Colorado. Watch a Carolina versus Tampa Bay. If you just if you're just getting into hockey, um, or you want to check it out, you think you might be betting on it soon? Watch some of these fucking games, man. I'm gonna be putting this on the um, on the blog so you can see what games are coming up, and uh, you could definitely watch some of these fucking games that are coming up, man, and get an idea of what's going on and shit. All right. So, uh oh, by the way, the parlay picks and money line mistake deals. Here, like I told you guys, I was going to release this Monday. I didn't. But on Monday, we had a situation in NBA where the top three teams who all continuously beat the fucking against the spread record played the same night. Fucking amazing. So I'm going to tell you who I decided I was going to pick for that for that night. I had Chicago plus one. I had them on a moderate um, or a risk bet. So that would be like a 60-40 for moderate and 80 uh an 80-20. No, no, excuse me, a 70-30 for Risky. I would, I was at Chicago by, by one point. They were giving them one point. I would either do a moderate or a Risky bet on either one of those. Then it was uh, the Portland Trailblazers versus the Suns. Suns had to clear or beat the spread by six and a half points, which they did. I was going to put that on the moderate bet. Um, split the difference that kind of way, like 60-40. And the, uh, they had Charlotte versus Utah. On a basically a 13 point spread for Utah to, to cover, and um, 
Shit, man. I had that on a conservative, but fucking Utah mopped them. I don't even remember. I think they beat them like 22 points or some shit. So, you know, almost, yeah, almost double. Um, Shit. God damn. So, anyway, you know, all those predictions were right for the NBA Moneyline Mistake deals. I wish I would have released them to you guys earlier. But like I said, if you just go to the fucking against the spread tracker and track this yourself, you can see how all these teams are playing. And I always recommend looking at that, looking at the against the spread tracker first. No matter who's playing, look to see if any of those fucking teams on the top of that list is playing, and then pick one of these fucking matchups. Fuck the other bullshit, you know, the teams that are like fifty percent against the spread or whatever. Who gives a fuck, man? The top three teams have consistently been whipping their ass in this shit. They don't quit. Some of them, like Chicago, is probably going to get points more than likely. Okay. You know, like, I don't even watch these fucking games, by the way. I just look at that goddamn list, and I just use that list. And I've been banking off of this shit, okay? Banking, my nigga. So, uh, that's what I suggest you do, is fuck with the Against the Spread tracker list, and then go with that. So, that's it for the podcast, man. Yo, uh, second season underway, first episode down. Really appreciate you guys fucking with me. Hope you enjoy this second season. We're going to be coming with some heat. From now on, and uh, maybe the third season, I'll uh, end up getting video capabilities. That'd be tight. That'd be tight. So I'm working on that shit, too. Like I said, I got $6,000 coming next month. Everything's prepared away. Hopefully, I'll be able to quit my job and start trading. But that's that's all regular shit in my life, man. I want to, at the end of this thing, dude, I just want to go back to fucking school, go back to finance school. You know, so I'm going to get there from betting all these games. But anyway, that's neither here or there. Have a good fucking week. I'll catch you guys next Monday for sure this time. No bullshit. And I'll see you then. Later, everybody.